Hello, my name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner and welcome to our latest uh, podcast. Uh, today we'll be talking about local policing, uh, but more specifically the role of uh, police community support officers uh, as part of the way that we're kept safe and indeed tackle uh, the issues that our community is concerned about. And I'm joined today uh, by Aidan and I'll let Aidan introduce himself and give you some of his background. Good afternoon, my name is Aidan Goundry and I'm a Police Community Support Officer covering the Droitwich area of West Mercia in Worcestershire and I've been a PCSO for coming up to six years now. Thanks Aidan and uh, I'm really grateful for you uh, joining this afternoon. Um, first thing I'm interested in, what, what made you want to do it Aidan? What made you want to, uh, to pick up the uniform and to, uh, and to do the job that you specifically do now? Well, I actually come from a police family and my dad even saw out the last of his service in West Mercia and so I've always wanted to be part of the family. Um, but unfortunately, due to a medical condition, a disability called cystic fibrosis, I am not able to become a police officer, a constable. However, the role of police community support officer, when it was introduced, I saw that and just thought that was absolutely perfect for me. And working within the community, doing what, well, getting involved in the way that all officers want to be and really helping the local community um, to solve the issues. And what a great motivation for wanting to be part of our system of keeping, keeping us safe. And uh, obviously, specifically, you work in the local Safer Neighbourhood teams, a very uh, uber local part of, of policing. Um, just for our listeners, Aidan, just bring to life uh, as to what a, an average day, if such a thing exists, um, uh, entails uh, in your role. It's such a thing indeed. Um, I don't think any of our family have what you would call a typical day. But um, the best way to describe it really is that as PCSOs, we do what the traditional Bobby did 30 years ago. So we're out there every day engaging with the community and working with them. Um, our main focus is normally on what you would call the smaller issues. So we do a lot of partner work with housing associations where there might be neighbour issues or in the schools where they might have a certain issue and need us to get in more, more involved with a certain family. Um, and also we do the regular patrol being out there so if anyone's got any concerns they can approach us whether it's just a query or something they've seen that's a bit unusual but then it's all the way up to if there's been a serious investigation the detectives or response officers might ask us to do the door-to-door -door inquiries to gather cctv and evidence and um, right up to if there's been a serious uh, road traffic collision one of us could go and relieve a police constable to go and attend to other emergencies and we could control the road for as long as it takes until the road can be cleared again. So we really do do a little bit of everything and just uh, fill in and support wherever we're needed. And that must be uh, one of the uh, interesting parts of your job is that uh, massively variant of uh, of role and, and activity in the community that you uh, that you become engaged with. Um, do you think the, the public out there know the difference uh, in, in the role? Because um, whilst the uniform is similar, it, it is different. Your powers 
um, of course, are, are different. Do you think? Do you think the community out there understand the difference in in the role, or just welcome the presence of that West Mercia uniform? Well, I mean, I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head with the end bit there. That the vast majority of the community don't really care what colour the uniform is. They just love seeing a uniform in their community, knowing with, that we're there, and even just by presence, they generally do feel safer. And of course, I mean, it's been said before, we can't prove what doesn't happen. So it's impossible to know what effect simply being there has on the numbers of crime. And I think they do, they are aware that there's a difference, but not necessarily, I I don't imagine everyone knows the full extent of what our powers are. However, our main power lies in that we have the ability to approach things differently. our response colleagues have such a vast workload that they need to, they are responsible for sort of the more one-off incidents, whereas we get the ongoing problems where it's not just about solving it there and then. We look at the root cause, and as I said before, we work with the victim, possibly we work with the offenders through restorative justice, and we work with every agency possible um, to bring together a long-term solution rather than just sort of fixing a there and then problem. So uh, it sounds uh, like, and from what I know about uh, community policing, um, a lot of this is about relationships, uh, either relationships with the uh, the victims or perpetrators uh, or indeed other partner agencies. Just go, just tell us a little bit, uh, Aidan, about how you particularly go about that, building those successful relationships that can change some of the outcomes for our communities. What's your What's your approach to it? I mean, the best way that I've found is simply by being there. So there's plenty of areas in our community where they don't have that relationship with the police initially, purely through not having contact with us. But if you're then along that street on for every day, for weeks, months, even years, then people come out to you. They have a conversation with you. Um, as I've said, we're as a, C, as a PCSO, we're lucky that we don't have to go to sort of the full, oh, well, that person needs to be arrested. So for a young person who is being an issue, perhaps, we can go home with them, speak with their parents, have that conversation and approach it a little bit more delicately. And then the next time there's an issue, that parent's far more likely to come and speak with us and seek our help. And it's the same with the schools. We'll be outside there most days, keeping everyone safe. And a teacher who we've developed a relationship might come up and say, oh, well, if you're here tomorrow, there might be someone who wants to talk to you. And that's because a parent who's concerned and doesn't know who to talk to has spoken to that teacher. And they said, okay, well, speak to Aidan or whoever, and they'll help, and if nothing else, they'll listen and can maybe guide you to the right person who can help. So as I said, it's about being there repeatedly and getting known personally within your community, and that's how we build those relationships. So uh, you touched on schools uh, in, 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 in the last part of what you just said then, and uh, I often will get some um, contact from the public in and around 
um, issues around school. Um, they do tend to be predominantly about parking. You know, the uh, uh, I'm sure you've been around many schools that are picking up or drop off time. Sometimes it can look like a uh, um, you know a, a very badly uh, organised situation with abandonment of cars here, there, and everywhere as people clamour to uh, or rush in to to collect or drop off their their, their charge. Um, how do you balance that need in your role between supporting uh, the community but also um, supporting the, the organisation, i.e. the school in that instance? Because they, they need to have parents dropping off and, and picking up. How, how do you make that rub along or support that rub along happening um, you know, as, as smoothly as it can do? Well, we've often joked that um, the first one of us to discover a solution to school parking will very quickly become very rich. Um, it's Again, it's about working together. Um, a lot of the time, the parents, for instance, are in a rush, and it's not really through selfishness as such. It's they are in a rush, they've got somewhere to be. But then by working with the school and we educate, and I mean, obviously your office funded our little people, which are the signs that we put out outside the schools periodically to raise that awareness. It's just reminding the parents with the support of the school to say, if you aren't parking sensibly and if you're going too quickly, someone could get hurt and it could be your child. And through working through the education side first, which the vast majority of British policing is all about educating and the whole policing by consent model, and we work through that first, and then when there are those repeat offenders, obviously the schools are able to identify the ones that are there all the time. Then we look down the enforcement side. And again, on that side, we would work with our council colleagues, the civil enforcement officers, to identify real hotspots and say, come out with us for an afternoon. We'll go with you. And where necessary, we'll support you in issuing tickets for the worst offenders. So it's, um, again, it's that joined-up approach with schools, councils and ourselves Did, and, uh, of course, the parents. Uh, do you think uh, in the... Um some of our issues, and, and, and I picked on schools on purpose because I think I agree with you. There's no, there's no solution. Do you, um, how do you manage those expectations of, of our community around actually what can and can't be done? Because it, sometimes it is just a case we are easing the issue rather than necessarily being able to, to solve it. How, how, do, how do you maintain that confidence of the public whilst you know, some of the problems you haven't got a fix for? Um, well, the short answer there is openness and communication. I, I do feel recently, and I know I've done it myself, that we get complaints or issues raised to us. And then often, more often not, we'll go out and we will solve it. But then what we don't do is go back to that person who contacted us and actually tell them what we've done. So even if we fix the problem, if we don't tell them that we've done it, they don't know. And equally, on those occasions where we aren't able to fully resolve it, then it's all the more important to go back to them and say, we understand your concerns and we are working on it. Uh, we know we've not got there just yet, but we've done X, Y and Z and we're going, we're going to put A, B and C in place, but it'll just take a little bit of time. Keep talking to us and we'll keep talking to you and, um, and then it's just that communication leads to the understanding of just because we've not fixed it yet, it doesn't mean we're ignoring you. 
And as with any organisation, maybe we're not always perfect at that. But the positive thing is we've definitely identified it's something we should be perfect at. And so just by talking to people who raise a concern with us and acknowledging it, I genuinely think half of their worries go simply when we do that. It, um, it, it's a really nice, uh, it's a really nice, I think, uh, part of British policing. The uh, yes, of course, being kept safe, but the bit that comes um, the rest of the time, um, most uh, most of us in our community uh, will not necessarily be the uh, victim of crimes, so therefore won't have that contact with the police. Most of our contact will be outside of that. And the community policing, even though overall you're not a big part of our um, wider workforce, um, it, it probably is the is is the most visible part. And um, I'm just interested, Aidan, in. Um, what kind of support you can give to communities as, a, as that local policing team? Uh, you know, I'm interested in your uh, problem-solving work, your, your other bits and pieces. What kind of is, what is the offer that uh, West Mercia Police give uh, from that Safer Neighbourhood team? Well, I mean, on that side, there's loads. I mean, there's the first off where it's not unusual for us to go into schools ourselves and directly give input and... Um, that can be in the lower school, sort of almost reception age, where we go in and simply teach about road safety and sort of cross it, crossing the road while holding mum and dad's hand, up to in sort of the middle school or lower high school, where we'll give hate crime inputs and explain sort of what that is and make the pupils have a greater understanding, which in turn helps their community, all the way up to signposting. So if someone comes and says... I've got this issue with a certain thing. Well, in that case, you need to. We can direct towards our colleague in the council who holds responsibility for that, or our colleagues in the housing associations, um, or more and more um, regularly, our colleagues in the uh, medical services through the mental health teams and that kind of thing, because it really is sort of the age-old thing that if you don't know who to speak to, you call the police. And then uh, we find the right person for you. And more so now when, as you say, the local team are out on the streets, you've got a concern and you don't know who to ask at all, you'll come and ask us. And, I mean, that's how it should be. We're there to help. And that help isn't just about law enforcement. As you said, it's keeping the public safe. And it is. It's all the way up to someone saying, I'm having a mental health emergency, right down to that four-year-old who comes up to me in the street and says, I can't find where my parents are. And and so I take them by the hand and I take them somewhere safe and we get them back home. It's the full spectrum of what we can offer, really. The uh, Sometimes I've heard the um, uh, safer neighbourhood uh, policing, that local policing, described as the Swiss army knife. It's... Um, uh, there might not be a perfect tool for everything, but you've definitely got a tool that can normally help in most situ- most situations. And for me, uh, I think it's one of the very central parts of, uh, of of how we maintain the consent of our of our public for the wider police mission um, that we have. Um, Aidan, the other thing I'm interested in is um, obviously you spend lots of your time visible out and about, um, wandering. Uh, you know, you and your colleagues sometimes use bikes, cars, all kinds of the different tools that we've got available, but. What would your advice be to the public about how they get in touch? How do they go about accessing the... Because uh, I think most people know um, in uh, when a crime happens, what to do, you know, the 999 element. Um, what about the more community-based uh, issue? How do they go about getting in touch and uh, 
uh, and making use of, of their local policing team? Well, the fantastic thing is I, I really think we couldn't make it any more easy these days. Um, as you said, the team are usually out and about, so if you see us, you can come and speak to us. Equally, on the FORCE website now, there is the email address for the local team, along with there our beautiful snapshots and our work mobile numbers. And if we're on duty, the mobile number will be on. So, And also, even with pretty much every local team, as far as I know, have got a Twitter account as well. I mean, if that's not modern enough for you. And so all of those ways are fantastic ways to get in touch with the local team directly. But then equally, if you're not sure who you need to speak to, um, as you said, you've got the three nines for the emergencies. But 101, if you go straight through to the control room, and even the online reporting system, which we've just brought in, I'm finding more and more people are, perhaps, who, perhaps if they're in the countryside and don't know what local policing team they quite come under, they'll use the contact us form and that gets sent to the local policing team in no time at all. And of course, whenever anyone contacts us by any means, we'll always do our best to get back to them as soon as is humanly possible. And uh, that's really great to, to hear, Aidan. And uh, I would like to thank you for taking part today and, uh, uh, and bringing to life some of the work that you and your colleagues are doing day in and day out across um, West Mercia. I'm proud here as Commissioner of uh, of the service as a whole and their service to our community, but you're part of uh, working day in, day out in all kinds of weathers, um, often on foot, uh, engaging and keeping our community safe. That that very front of house role is uh, is one I'm incredibly grateful you want to do and do um, with such aplomb. So thank you for talking to me today and for the role um, that you do. And I know many of our communities are incredibly grateful um, for that work. No, it's my absolute pleasure to, uh, to have spoke with you today and also entirely uh, my absolute pleasure and I'm incredibly proud to do the role that we do. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing I get lucky enough to talk to lots of officers and PCSOs and pride is often in, in, in their terminology around their job that they do um, in and for their, their community. So thank you very much for, uh, for today and thank you for the listeners at home uh, for listening once again.